Welcome to the Monsters and Treasure Podcast, where we talk way too long about a subject, but give you only the best parts. I'm K.R. King of D&D Homebrew, here as always with Daniel of Bandit's Keep. How you doing, Daniel? I'm good. I just got off the road from Gary Con. How about you? Been home a while, but still thinking about it. So we just got back from a few days at Gary Con. This is, I believe, my fourth Gary Con in person, and your first, right, K.R.? Yeah, it was, and I have to say, I had such a great time. I, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about going there next year to do it, uh, because in, in terms of, uh, if you're into playing games, and if you're into being around people that love to play games, it's it's this whole experience of just room after room of people playing games, all sorts of different kinds, board games, role-playing games, miniatures. Um, you know, that's the focus. Of course, there still is the, you know, area where you can buy stuff and whatnot, but it it just doesn't have the same impact, let's say, of Gen Con. <laughs> right. Yeah, Gen Con is super interesting, right? Because Gen Con, which we both went to last summer, is massive. And you could spend a, like an entire day, two days, multiple days, just in the vendor hall playing, uh, you know, trial games, uh, buying stuff, looking at things. Gary Con's vendor hall is like a half an hour of walking through, <laughs> you know, which is cool because you can play games, see you want to in- interact with some of the the people, the designers or whatever, and go to the vendor hall. Like if you go to the DCC booth in GaryCon, there's a couple people working there and there's usually one or two people looking at books. Whereas at Gen Con, it's like mobbed, right? So you really can interact with these, these uh, creators a lot closer, which I think is very cool. And that's another thing about running the games. Here are people that know what they're doing. I played with people, one guy that plays with the uh, Jeff, the author, Hyperborea, in his home table, and so he's has been around since the beginning of this system. There he is running this game, and so he's right. got tremendous knowledge. Or uh, all all the DCC people were very like because I'm very curious about that system. I ran two games, but I just found that to be uh, a great. Uh, you know, you had said once that this was your favorite convention because, uh, and I can't remember you said it was more intimate. It was more uh, close knit community. And I wondered about that, and then you get there and you realize it really does have that feel. Yeah, the thing about Gary Con, if, if you've never been before, is that it's in the Grand Geneva, which is a relatively large like hotel resort, right? A decent amount of the guests stay in the resort, and there's kind of this large lobby area in the middle that's a bar, and there's restaurants there. So oftentimes you'll be playing in a game with somebody, and then you know two hours later you're, you're at the bar to get a, a beer or a coffee or something, and you see that same person, you just break into the conversation, whereas... Because Gen Con is so huge, I very rarely saw anybody I played in the game with after I after the game. So you, you, it's it's harder to kind of and of course you're running from game to game even at Gary Con, so you don't always have time to make connections and start to get friends. And I mean, there's definitely people that I have now met multiple Gen Cons, uh, Gary Cons in a row, I should say. And like we see each other, we're like hey, and let's get a beer, and you catch up, and you're building these like kind of like once a year uh, meet up friendships, if you will, which I think is very cool. Well, and I also ran into some YouTubers that uh, I've known. I ran into the Dungeon Coach and some other YouTubers that uh, there they are, you know, because because it is so much more compressed, right, that you see them. I'm sure all these people were at Gen Con, but as you said, it's so massive. And I actually saw someone, I went to Grand Con, which is a very tiny one here in Grand Rapids. Uh, but it was just interesting, too. Um, obviously, you had lots of fans coming up and recognizing you. But I was recognized a couple times at this, which was a weird experience just for my YouTube channel. Um, you know, it, it, I was going to make a joke, and I'm not, I'm not going to be about beating them off with a stick, because why would I say that? But uh, <laughs> So 
But obviously, as I said, you had way more fans than well, I did, as always. Well, I, I do, I do pay, uh, pay people to come up to me at random times to uh, to say, "Hey, aren't you?" Uh... No, it, it's super fun, and I and I love meeting people who do watch the videos, who interact in the communities, who reply, you know, and, and get involved in the podcast like this one. Um, and uh, we, it feels really good to kind of be in a small space playing with people. And, you know, and if you are somebody who doesn't just play like old school games, there's lots of 5e, there's lots of uh, Pathfinder, uh, there is a mix. So it's not like, you You know, when I first went to GaryCon, I'm thinking, well, everybody's going to play OD&D. But in fact, that's not the case. In fact, more and more people are playing other things. Like you said, there's miniatures games, which are great because you get some of these miniature games that these guys put in hours and hours building you know, these elaborate uh, scenes and these big chainmail battles. It was a sand table. It's 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 pretty awesome. I mean, I need to get into more of those games. This year I ran so many that I actually only played in one game. Well, and that's an interesting thing because I really do enjoy playing. Someone does makes the effort to put together a scenario, uh, which they've play tested and they've thought about. And it's not so much like me picking up a set of rules and trying to figure something out. I go, let me try this system and you're presenting it who you're a very knowledgeable person who's really looked into it and thought about it and presents the scenario and you get the best of that. So for me, it's an opportunity. And I, and I, and exactly what you're saying, I saw a uh, miniature thing of uh, the battle of the Alamo where they had people sitting around this giant table. There's the Alamo in the middle. They're all directing. They had a, a judge referee guy who was telling them. And I watched for like 10 minutes or so. And you know how that is watching. So it's not that much activity. A lot of times you're waiting for your chance to move, but it was still, I rem- it took me back to the 70s when I used to play those miniature games. And, you know, I would I recommend anyone sign up for one of those. They'll tell you how what you have to do if you have a general sense of military strategy. Or you can ask somebody, like, well, what am I supposed to do with these guys? And you'll get an experience like that that you would never get. Because as you said, these people have to bring these elaborate sets to the place. You know, and it takes an hour, two hours to set this stuff up. And it's just a physically impressive uh, experience. And then you're sitting around with all these other people, these enthusiasts about it. It's really a neat thing to do. It is. And to be honest, I was very intimidated. When I went to Gary Khan the first couple of times, I saw the miniatures rooms and, and I had kind of a, a side interest in it, but I was like, oh, I don't want to be that guy that shows up at the game not knowing anything. But everybody, every game I've ever played in, people have been very cool. Like they will say on it, you know, it says must have experience or no experience, whatever. And if it says no experience, They'll teach you the game. I said the one game I did play, which was uh, it was actually a board game. The it was the thing something something. It was something more than that, but it was really fun. And the guy, you know, he played with us. He taught us the game, and we played. And it was like two hours long, really super fun. And I love that. And like anybody who sits down at my tables, I always say no experience because I don't mind showing somebody the game. I I ran The Walking Dead All Out War, which you were in, and uh, somehow you survived. I don't know how that happened, but well, we figured out the game. You were, you did something that a very GME thing, because in that game with the zombies and you're the walking dead characters from the comic book, if you shoot a gun, it's trouble. The, 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 the zombies hear you and come running. So you had the two guards shoot guns off mm-hmm. at us. Of course, someone had was risking being hit. I think yeah, someone we did, did lose a character. But we saw the zombies and we were all like, oh, if you pick up a gun, be careful, you'll be killed. Yeah. And that could have been a lesson learned in a different <laughs> way. You know, and the, do you tell people strategy when you're doing running a game? This would be a question for you to running some of a game. 
do you tell them the strategies of what, what you should and shouldn't do, or do you just let them find out, but potentially they put an hour or so into something and realize, oh, I did the totally wrong strategy here. I'll learn for the next time, but I just I would never have done that if I knew the game. 100%. I know that's a really good question. And in fact, when I first got the game and I played it and I really enjoyed it, I realized that really quickly. Like, oh, you have to keep the threat level down. You Shooting a gun will draw the zombies. So I was like, I'm going to make a scenario where the characters will see the effect of that. I think I did mention a couple times about the threat level early on, but let me just tell you, <laughs> but you still you, you still realize in gameplay, but it wasn't too late for you like it was when I playtested the first time. So yeah, it, it's a matter of a little bit of both. I think, like, I don't want to tell people not to do something, even in D&D. Like, sometimes somebody will do something and I'll be like, you know, you are a 12th level magic user. <laughs> you would know that this is probably not a good thing for you to do. Your spell is going to kill everybody, you know, and, and then they can still do it, you know, but I, I, I try to um, be fair in, uh, as far as that's concerned. But I never like to tell people what to do. I'm always kind of like just putting it out there. Here's the rule. Um, if you want to do it, go for it. <laughs> but this is what's going to happen. Well, and the other thing is when you come to a convention like that, you, who, who knows what how far you've come, yeah. what you've spent to get there and stay there. And then you've, you've reserved four hours of a limited three-day event. I've chalked up four hours for your game. I think it is a good idea to lay some stuff out just to how to play this game and what to do and not to do in general. It's a special one-shot situation where you don't want to waste people's time. Like, okay, ha, you should have done this, and so you lost. Thank you. Let's fold it all up. You know, you'd be like, really? I, I, I'm going to look for your name again, <laughs> sir, because I will never play in one of your games. I mean, if it's that yeah. bad. but And nothing was that bad. I had a couple of people, I'm not going to say any names, but who – who they just, you know, they were reading text blocks and they were, and it was just so scenario esque. I'm like, really, you can't just put that down and just describe the room for it. Right. And, and I just don't understand that. It's just so anathema to the way I play D and D, but here I am at this table. I want to learn this system. I'm like, okay, I just, you know, what am I going to do? And then of course you start to get to know the people. I liked the, the GM that was doing that in the end and everything, but I just wanted to, tell them to just put that stuff down you know yeah but and we all sat there and just dutifully listened well and i wonder too like part of playing in somebody else's game for me anyways is to see what i what i can do better what i what i might learn but also what i see and i'm just like oh i don't like that I like <laughs> most of the things that i will say oh i don't do in my games is because somebody else did it as a gm and i didn't like it not to say it's bad but it's just not something i cared for so i try to gm around the things I don't generally like. So, but there's probably people that like certain styles of play, you know, and uh, you sitting in different groups gives you that ability. I think RPGs are difficult. What I've discovered or what I'm discovering for myself is that as much as I like to run RPGs <laughs> at a con, I like to actually, I'm getting more into playing board games and things because I think it's hard to pull off a one shot in a con with all brand new people. And I think one of the worst things, and of course, we're going to get a lot of flack on this because I always get a flack when I say this, is I actually don't love when people run modules at conventions because I feel like modules are so restrictive and you've got this group you don't know and you've got to kind of make decisions because it's a very different game that you run. Like when I run a convention game, those adventures are not the same adventures I would run in person. Like they're very compartmentalized and very specifically designed for players who don't know each other, who don't really know the game. And they're kind of designed in a way that, like, uh, you could remove a part of it and it would still work, if that makes sense. Like, they're very, like, ch individual chunks. You didn't get to play any of my RPGs, but, like, when I do a game, 
like for instance, like I have one where I every run every year where you you fight a bunch of first level characters trying to fight a dragon, and they they did win again. Damn it! I thought they were going to lose. Stuff. Someday the dragon will win, but um, like they basically, I divide them up into groups and they do a bunch of individual quests. And I do it that way because worst case scenario, if they take too long because they're having a good time and it just takes too long, I could cut a piece out, you know, I, or I could just narrate a piece or do it really quickly. And I don't have to worry about that. But if you do this like step-by-step five-room dungeon, like you got to get to the big boss at the end, what I find is happens is if you're not really good at regulating your time, it's like, well, all right, three and a half hours have gone by. Here's the boss, you know, and it's like this massive fight that is now nothing because you didn't schedule it correctly. It's very difficult to do. I don't Have you run stuff at cons in the past or? No, I have not. I have always been when I go, because I didn't go to cons for, for right. many years, let's say the 80s and 90s, you know, until just recently I started going to them. And I've always been going for the purpose of learning new mm-hmm. systems, playing new games. You know, if I see a, 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 a you know, a figure, a miniature game that I'm interested in, I want to play that. I look through the list of things and I've not thought about running them, but I've always thought about an RPG purely from the standpoint of learning mm-hmm. about it. Like, I don't want to necessarily go and play a 5e thing because I know that right. system or and I, I did some Pathfinders, but I don't know if I would go again and run a Pathfinder game because just for what you're saying, it's not that interesting to me to run a module with a bunch of people that we're all just sitting there. It's just the actual play. And again, maybe I'm going to get flagged for this too. It's it's just not that interesting for me to not have a continuing campaign of characters that we've all created and developed and, and run over many weeks. So I, I agree. Whereas a board game is set up for, if it's a four hour game, it's a four hour game or two hours or whatever. That's it's perfect for that setting. It's just that part of learning it, you know, always, cause there are some games that take, you know, you were talking about that Imperium, something Imperium from some other, you know, where it's like the rules take forever, to, uh, two hours to learn, right? That's not a good game to me for a for a convention. Or you got to figure out a way to play Imperium Light or something, just to give me a taste of what it is. Yeah, and it was a learn to play. Though. We're talking about something like Twilight Inscription, I think is the one that I played, or one of them, whichever one is the lighter one at Gen Con. And it, it, was, like, it was like playing bingo and doing your taxes is the best way I can describe it. <laughs> and if you enjoy those two things, then you know that might be the game for you. But that was actually a learn to play. Like they were literally like walking through step by step. This is how you play this game. I think those are fun too. Like I think you're right. You go to a con, I go to a con anyways, to play games that I want to know about or something I never get to play. I remember when I went to the very first Gen Con, I was just getting back into trying to play some of the older games. Every I played in two 5e, I ran one and played in a 5e campaign. I was playing 5e online. And I uh, I saw Gen Con had BXD&D and second edition AD&D. And I jumped in those games because I was like, I, I don't, I need that. I need that. I want a taste of it, you know? But right, I wouldn't play a game. Like I play OD&D every day now. So to play in somebody else's OD&D game for me is not necessarily why I would go to a con. I think that it can be fun though to play with somebody um, who you, like if I like never see, like for instance, my, my friend Andy, uh, he's, if I would get in one of his games because we're good friends and I, he's now on the other side of the country. So if I get a chance to play with him, I will, no matter what he's running, you know, just because we're friends and I want to play. In and that's game. a very specialized thing, obviously. Now, again, I'm not discouraging. If you, yeah. you may go to the a convention and get into a 5e or Pathfinder or OD&D just module and just love it. And, and that's, Great. It's just, as you said, the, you know, it's sort of like the one shot thing where there's a certain fun of getting together with your friends to play a one shot. 
uh, and you set something up and we all do it and we all sort of know, but there's also sort of an inherent recklessness and sort of, you know, you're, you're not that yes. worried about it. Right. Whereas if you have a long running campaign, you will, I'm sure if you've seen this and I see it too, the players are very careful, right? They're not, they don't do the same things they do in a one shot because they have so much invested in these characters. So, and that's a part of D and D just, just, you, you know, it's it's based. It's made to be a long running sort of experience, as opposed to a one shot pick up. You know, module thing. Although I know, looking on Discord and stuff, there are channels dedicated. People just all they do is play pickup games, right? They just they want to try different character classes or, or or different styles or whatever. Yeah, I think a one shot is a different thing, and I think a convention game is a different thing than even a one shot. It's like you're in a different situation. If I'm playing a one shot with my friends. Again, I kind of know what they like. I can kind of shape it around them. I can kind of play it by, off the cuff. Like, I ran a game. Uh, were you in that? No, you didn't come. Uh, Andy, my friend, he was like, you, I haven't played anything I want to play. So we got together at, like, 11 o'clock on Saturday night after dinner, and we played, I ran OD&D. And I did it Tim Cask style. Everybody wrote a, a, have you ever heard of this way that he does this? He, everybody writes two things on a slip of paper, and then they give it to the GM, and they just make an adventure around it. And we had a great time. And it was just that everybody, nobody was like, like people were just being bold, right? Because they had one character, they just rolled up, you know? And it was just really fun to play that way. It's just a different kind yeah, of Yeah, and that's, it, and if you like that, especially that's at a specific situation, right? Because mm-hmm. I used to do that, friends of mine in the 80s right. and 90s that I played with in, I guess it was more like the mid-90s, played in college. And I'd come back to the Michigan area where I grew up, and and they'd say, let's play D&D. And we'd do that. We Saturday night, we'd get together. And I'd come up with some crazy scenario and give them all characters and give them backgrounds and they had to do some task or something. And and it was great fun, you know, and everybody just, oh, and if their thing died, they just went, oh my God, but they always died in some crazy heroic way or whatever, you know, it was all set up to be that. Um, but you couldn't get together the next Saturday necessarily. Let's do that again. You know, let's do that every Saturday. We're going to have that exact right. game because it's going to become like, this, it's going to, you, you can't, you can't recreate that moment of, being at Gary Khan, 11 o'clock, Saturday night, we all get together in a hotel room and play. And we had so much fun. If you tried to do that, right, if you tried to recreate it, it isn't the same thing. 100%. I, I think that, uh, you know, there's different ways to play the game and different uh, different styles, different times in our lives that we play, different ways that we play. And I think a con is a very special thing for that reason. It allows you to kind of break out of your mold, right? Like I run... OD&D every week for my friends and we have a campaign it's ongoing like you say they are careful <laughs> you know because they don't want their characters that they spent six eight months developing to die necessarily but when you're in a con game you just go for it you know and and sometimes that can be really fun and I think having a very specific task is a good way like if you're thinking about running games at cons I think having making it very obvious what they're supposed to do is super important like, I'm all about emergent play and campaigns and players doing what they want. But when you're running a con game, it's like you're at the bottom of the mountain. You want to get to the top of the mountain and kill that Tarrasque. Like, that's what we're here to do. It's, we're not here to talk to the barmaids. We're not here to, you know. And, yeah, not, it's, it may seem railroady, but I think for a con game, you got to do that. It's like you need a timer, you need a goal, and you need a way for people to understand. This is what we're here for. Well, for example, there was a guy that ran a Dungeon Crawl Classic, and I think this is just a standard a funnel scenario that they run where you get your four zero level characters, but these bandits had taken over this town 
and they'd rounded everybody up. And this bandit chieftain said, I'm going to kill everyone in this town unless you guys go into that cave down there, the cave of brass, you know, death or whatever it was, and get me the treasure. And we're all like, well, what treasure? I don't care. And then one guy said, well, can I have a weapon at least? He said, how about this spear? The guy said, yeah. And he throws the spear into one of his character's chest and kills him. Is that good enough for you? Anyone else need a weapon? We're like, no, no, I think I can do well with this, you know, (laughs) butter knife. I'll just move up, right? So you instantly knew. And they pushed us to the thing, and all of our relatives are there crying, and they're all roped together. And here are these ordinary villagers being forced to do this, right? And that's the idea of DCC, right? You start at level zero. But it was a great way to just, we're at a con. We're all just doing this. Uh, the one guy lost his character. He was a little bummed, but he had three more still, you know, and he, he managed to survive. One guy survived, right. I think. But it, one guy uh, lost all his characters in the thing. But he had fun. But it's just like, we have this task. We have to do it. Let's go. And we're not going to worry about anything else. And we're in a hurry because he said, if you're not back out in four hours, you know, or whatever, at the end of this thing, they're all dead or whatever. So we knew he was going to kill. Now, of course, we got into the thing and we started saying, he's going to kill us anyway, because we discovered an exit to this, a secret ed- exit. So we, in the end, took the, the treasure that we'd gotten from the city of Brass and with, snuck out the side exit, and we were going to go to the next town and hire an army and go and wipe out the bandits. So that's how we ended the scenario. We just said that, and it was kind of satisfying, right? So he did give us an opportunity to do that. So it was well yeah. put together, and, and it was made for a convention. Yeah, that sounds like it. I mean, I th- like I say, it took me a while to figure it out. You know, I used to just run regular adventures at conventions, and I realized this works. This doesn't work. This works. And I do think there's a way to to run a game that uh, that makes it more satisfying for me and I think the players. I don't know. If you were in any of my games, <laughs> feel free to call in <laughs> and let me know if they were good. King Dan, as I said before to you, and I'm not just blowing smoke because we're on this, but it was the funnest experience mainly because – I can't, I don't want to go into too much detail. I'm going to have to edit this out. But there was this Carl Grimes, no, no, tell me the son of Rick Grimes, right? Uh, the obnoxious, bratty son. And this woman had this character. And he gets bit by a zombie. So he kept expecting the zombie to die. And we, he had Lori Grimes offstage, ready to come on for three hours. And she kept making her role. <laughs> he has his hat. It's a, it just, it so good. Every time she made the role, the whole group would go, ah, we couldn't believe it, right? And, and finally, Carl <laughs> escapes and lives to stay another day. It was unbelievable. This woman was so delighted to that she kept surviving. <laughs> she, you know, and it, because it was, the odds were, she must have rolled 15 times. I mean, it was unbelievable that she was still, I just assumed, okay, Lori Grimes, I wonder what she's like. And that she kept living and living and living. And then you're so bummed, because remember, she had one turn to go at one point. She failed the first roll, yeah. and it was like, oh, my God, you're gonna, she's going to die with one turn to go. And then she lived. Yeah. Whenever you have people screaming and yelling at a table, usually that means you've done a good job. So that was really fun. Yeah, no, we had a great time. And, I, and I'm glad, because I actually picked that game up after seeing somebody do an actual play of it on uh, uh, Centurion's Review. Uh, Dave over there like played it. He did a scenario, and I was like, that looks like a really fun game. And I just went to the store and bought it. And I was like, I really like this. I should run it at a convention. And it's, I'd never run a, but that's, I don't know, would you call it a board game? A miniature, I guess it was I'd a say it's a game. miniatures game. You know, that's a classic um, because yeah. you're, you're, you, the rules are very light in terms of you just are looking at your figure yeah. and you know what you can do each turn and it has measuring sticks and all that stuff. So, all right. So I actually, I thought we were going to talk about the games that we played, but we ended up talking more theoretically about the con, which I think was super interesting. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that, but I just wanted to go through the different games I played and ran just to, 
to give you guys an idea. So uh, do you want to go by day or you want me I to just do I just can go by day if you'd like. Sure. All right. So so on Thursday, I well, Wednesday night, I, and I always do this. If you're listening to this podcast and you go to Gary Cotton next year and you're there on Wednesday night, I run Iron and Ale at like 8 o'clock or something at night in the in the lobby bar. It's basically a dwarven drinking game. It's not basically. It is a dwarven drinking game. And bring your best Scottish accent and a big old mug of beer or whatever your liquor is and join us. That was super fun. It's silly. People just, they have to do different tasks like push-up contests and beard contests. And it's it's a fun, fun thing. So that's what we do Wednesday. That's becoming a tradition. No. You, you were there on Wednesday, right? So Thursday I did uh, Walking Dead All Out War, which uh, you were mm-hmm. in. We already talked about that. I played Thursday? Walking Dead All Out War and just checked out the whole thing. That was my <laughs> only game that I played there. But uh, as I said before, it was really fun. Oh. Uh, Saturday I played Hyperborea in the morning. That was really fun. It was really enjoyable. Uh, the system, you know, it's just old AD&D or whatever, second edition kind of thing, clone, but it was good. And then I played um, Pathfinder, which was interesting because I'm getting into Pathfinder nice. and uh, just having this, you know, again, I talked about the module thing there was not as interesting to me, but I'm very interested in figuring out that system. So what was your, uh, that, that was Friday. What was your Friday? So Friday I ran Star Frontiers in the morning. And I, I ran this module. I found it online. It was a con- it was a convention tournament from the, like 1985 or something. And uh, I just took it and revamped it and turned it into almost like a miniatures game. I made a bunch of miniatures out of Shrinky Dinks. And we ran basically kind of a Star Frontiers miniature hybrid. And then in the evening, I ran what I, what I think I run every year, but I change it every time, is the Doom that came to Sardath, which is my favorite H.P. Lovecraft story. I run a game every year where it's a bunch of adventures finding lost Sarnath beneath the sea. And that's a high level OD and D game. You yes, I did play that and it was me. fun. And I'm always curious as to what other groups I came in and watched for a little bit there. Uh, we had one of your, one of your online guys was there and uh, I had to keep my mouth shut. I was watched for about 15 minutes and I'm like, look, looking at what they're doing. And, oh, I got to play the old man. They find an old man. That's right. You got to play the old man. in salt. They're like throwing water on the salt and you're going, because the thing about this scenario is you have a limited amount of time before the city is like enveloped again in water for a thousand years. So Daniel's over there going, is that what you want to do? And you go, yes. And he clicks off another, you know, 10 minutes or whatever. And you start to realize what the, <laughs> this is. Guys, we have to get going. So I'm watching them. So then the salt appears and there's an old man in a loincloth. So, of course, I got to be the old man. <laughs> oh, this loincloth is awful scratchy, you know. So that added a slight level of humor to the proceedings. That was very good. Then I'm like, uh, th- th- you were running, right? And oh, I'm yeah. Like, Which and way just, do you go? And, he, and he's <laughs> looking at me. He's going right or left. Roll. I said, right. I'm going left. I'm going right. And then one of the guys who plays in this game is going, this is totally random to the other players. This is, why are we following this guy? And they're just going, because well, we, we must follow him, you know? So, and then you're going, tick, tick, tick with the time. I'm thinking, oh my God, they, do they not realize? But, but we had the same problem when I ran it. You know, three months ago, play tested. It just takes time. Um, all right. So then Saturday, I played Dungeon Crawl Classics. I talked about that at the funnel, really had a great time. Uh, played again in a Pathfinder situation. This was funner because it had a little more of an open ended feel to it. We had higher level characters. So I was able to sort of experiment with, you know, uh, it was a pre generated thing, uh, but it, it was okay. Um, and then, uh, what did you guys, what did you do on Saturday? So Saturday in the morning, I ran my normal Saturday morning game, which is do space dragons breathe fire, which is a, 
it's like I kind of have now since I originally ran it in DCC, but I've slowly twisted it into its own system. I call it OD&D Phantasmagoria because I'm using kind of part of the chainmail system. But I realized as I was running it, I'm not using anything from OD&D besides chainmail. So it's not really OD&D at all, but it's basically a fun Saturday morning style uh, out of space, zany cartoon uh, adventure, and then I ran the Gaslight game, which we talked about. And then Sunday, I ran DCC again, and it was uh, fun because I'm now, it, 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 again, as you start to play, and I'm looking through the, I brought the manual with me, and I researched, and I looked, it said on the thing that it was going to be a six-hour game, which I had not been, when I signed up for it, I did not realize that. Well, that was just like a miss, the guy just took that amount of time, but it wasn't going to be six hours. But it was fun. Uh, we had to take on these uh, bird creatures that were uh, enslaving these rat men that lived in the forest. The birds were up in the trees enslaving them. We had to free them up. And it was that DCC, you know, the spells going off and not doing what they're supposed to do and all sorts of heroic swinging from vines in the trees and all this kind of stuff to get your deed at points and stuff. So that's an interesting mechanic that I used a bunch of times. You know, you realize this deed thing, it doesn't happen very often. You got to roll a three on a three-sided die, but you know, it's just a fun add-on to that system to give it that sense of like craziness or whatever. So I, I really enjoyed that as my final event for the convention. Yeah, Mighty Deeds of Arms is super fun. It's one of the, the my favorite things in DCC uh, because, you know, I think you could always do that on some level in a game, but it's fun to like mechanize it for people who don't really uh, think of it. You know, like I'm always trying to swing for chandeliers, but like <laughs> at least in DCC, they make it part of the mechanics. So on Sunday, I run again my normal Sunday game, which is to slay a dragon. Uh, many, many first level characters against a dragon. They did win. It was a it was a acid breathing dragon this year and it was sleeping for the first time this year. But uh, they they missed the first round. So <laughs> it's going to wake up. Yes, one way or another. But to find the sleeping dragon is good. And it sure as heck woke up. So it, it's really fun. I, I, I really enjoyed all my games. I had great players. I didn't really have any issues with uh, with anybody being obnoxious or weird, which is good. <laughs> I mean, you, you fear that, you know, because you're playing with people you don't know. But everybody was just really fun and got into the game. Yeah, so and I, I would say to people out there, you know, if you get a chance, there's many conventions and there might be one in your town or closer to you. And I get that. But Gary Khan has kind of a, I don't know, a feel to it that uh, would surprise me. Because you had told me this, but I sort of wondered about it. But the minute I started going into the various gaming rooms, just watching people play and kind of immersing yourself in this atmosphere, it was really a, uh, you know, old, I don't want to say old school, because that's just people that just love to play games. And that is something that. Uh, is because of course that's why we all go into this hobby is because we love to play games and that was with a sense you got from this convention so i would urge anybody next year if you can get out to lake geneva wisconsin go to this because uh, it's really a great experience they have they have some rooms over there at the chateau Royale. Oh, yeah. Right? just tell them kr sent you thanks for listening if you'd like to hear your voice on the show give us a call there's a link in the show notes you can find us both on youtube kr at dnd homebrew and Myself, at Bandit's Keep. Those are all linked in the show notes. And if you'd like to support the show, please give us a rating and a review on your favorite podcatcher. We'll see you next week.